Honestly, Christians just need to chill out. I'm Michael Rett, and this is Authentic Christianity. Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today on this episode of Authentic Christianity. Listen, I need you guys to all do me a favor. I need you to find me on Facebook if you're not already a part of the Authentic Christianity Facebook group. I need you to find my Instagram, Michael Rett. I need you to start following me, start telling your friends, start spreading the word, sharing these podcasts once you get them. You know, we can build this audience. A lot of things I want to say, I always, I always try to be honest, you know that. I always try to be transparent, authentic, really, just the name of this. That's the name of this podcast. So I think it's important and I hope you guys do too. And I really hope you guys will spread the word about this. I really appreciate it. Let me start off with a little story. I was at um listening to a youth speaker, um, a friend of mine. We were there, we were, were leaders, and um at the end, you know, it's high school, middle school, and the, the speaker says, Does anyone have any questions? And my friend sitting next to me says, under his breath, kind of hushed. He's like, Someone, come on, somebody ask a question. And this is not a shot at my friend. This this dude's a legit dude. And I'm like, man, that's not it. That's not it. You know, it's okay if one of these kids doesn't ask a question. You know, it's, why are we trying to hallmark it? That, that's kind of what I, th- I think about it. You know, we're going to tell you the exact message. Sorry, that came out wrong. We're going to line it all up for you, ABC. It's like, okay, we're at the end now. And, um, who's ready to come up and here's the bridge analogy and one, two, three, everybody except Jesus Christ is your Lord and savior. And not, you know, if you try to just force that message as the only message all the time, sometimes it's ad nauseum and we get, ugh. I'm not opposed to altar calls. I've seen many, they can be very powerful. So please don't misunderstand me, which some people probably will anyway. I'll probably get, you know, maybe get ridiculed on social media. Hey, do that too. Ridicule me on social media. Negative attention gets, you know, more likes, right? So my point being, there's this idea that Christianity, cultural Christianity, looks a certain way. And in many ways, it's antithetical to what true Christianity is. So... If you're familiar, I'm going to talk about the arts a little bit. All the arts, um, film and music right now. Um, And they'll talk about what Jesus really is and how he really related to people. Because Jesus was cool. He hung out. You know, and he followed God. He wasn't so anal retentive like a lot of Christians can be. So there's this website called Common Sense Media, which I think a lot of Christians use. Similar to IMDb, where you can, there's like parental advisory um, section, and you want to see what, you know, can I show this film to my kid? Stuff like that. So there's this movie, Sing, which many, you know, some of you may have seen. I like it. It's about, it's a music contest, it's animals, it's like a Pixar kind of thing. And there's this one character who's a gorilla. And his dad, so the dad gorilla, is in a band with other gorillas. And their band, a gang. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so they're going to rob something. So dad gorilla and the other gang gorillas 
want Sun Gorilla to drive the getaway car. But Sun Gorilla bails and goes to this music contest. So if you just read the review, like, don't watch this film. What a horrible message to send to kids. I'm sure this is exactly what the person sounded like too, writing it. Or it just, you know, what kind of father would have his fun being a gang? Something like that. If you watch the whole film, now, now when the dad finds out, he's like, this isn't, you're no son of mine. And dad goes to jail. Dad ends up seeing his son singing on the TV. Escapes prison. Okay. Finds his son. I'm proud of you, son. There was redemption. That That's a story. You think of all your favorite films and and books and plays and some song. I mean, there's redemption. There's an, there's an obstacle, a conflict. A lot of Christian stuff doesn't have that. Or the conflict is too easy. Battling sin. And you overcome it. It's not life. Jesus talked about like lust and like the love of money. And I think Christians, some, some have gone okay with it. I mean, fireproof is okay. And I do admire Kirk Cameron for flying in his wife and kissing, only not kissing his on screen wife, but kissing his real life wife at the end in silhouette. Initially I didn't, but I admire that now. The worst film I've ever seen. And Christian, no sing now. But be okay with a film like this film called Time Changer. Came out in 2002. It is literally the worst film I've ever seen. I don't care if you call it Christian film, whatever kind of film. The worst acting, the worst writing. <sighs> I know Christian films struggled with to, to, to um, have budgets and whatnot. So they've gotten better. I mean, I can only imagine it's really good. And that movie about the singer whose wife, his first wife, you know, he married, she got cured of cancer and then they got married and then she got cancer again. Like that, that, that's a really good film too. I'm sorry. I'm forgetting the name of that one. I think it's about the mercy me singer. That could be, I can only imagine. I don't even remember. Um, so this movie time changer, actually Paul Rodriguez is in it. Who's very well known Mexican American comedian. The premise is really cool. It starts off in 1890 with these like pastors talking and the one pastor is like, you can't teach, you can't teach morality outside of Jesus, outside of Christ. If you do that, you're losing the root of it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's kind of cool. Right. Another pastor's like, no, if, if we just teach morality, we can get more people into the church. Maybe that's like what secret friendly churches do. I don't know. Or like you teach prosperity gospel to get more people into the church and churches. I'm not again. I mean, marketing, I mean, it's Christmas time now, you know, Jesus wasn't born now. He was born in like the spring or like early spring, not December, but the pagan festival was in December. So the church has it now. So it's all marketing's good. Not being authentic is bad. Wait, being inauthentic is bad. So yeah, yeah. All right. So, this this pastor he travels from 1890 to the to the present, and it, everything that he was worried about, concern, you teach morality outside of Jesus, you know, and so it's a cool idea. But the movie just stinks, man. And I saw a post for it on Instagram. So I love this movie. And I'm like, how could you like this movie? And I, I get it, man. God can work through anything. I mean, to Balaam's ass. He could talk through a donkey. It just just wasn't done well. I know I'm ranting a little bit. 
but again, let me, let me say again, Jesus talked about real things that were concerning people. He connected with people on their level. He wasn't saying, it's like writing the, it's like trying to fit it all into a prescribed ending as opposed to letting it develop organically. That's exactly what it is. You know, Jesus, as I said, talked about money. He talked about debt. He talked, he talked to people about their jobs, you know, fishermen or agriculture. If he was here today, he'd talk about like social media and he'd talk about like people working in the financial sector. He'd talk about, I think, you know, nonprofit profits. He'd talk about the environment and whatever we're doing. And I'm sure he would still talk about money. Yeah. And lust because those things are consistent. So that's where we Christians need to be real. I remember, and I I give churches a lot of credit over the past, you know, 15, 20 years, they have started talking about issues like pornography and debt. I remember when liquid talked about pornography and they would talk about like masturbation and it's kind of like, Oh my gosh, how can you say that word in church? You know, could you imagine, how about this? If there was an LGBT character in a Christian film? This stuff, it, it gets me mad. You know, I know I don't sound really mad right now, but it, it does when I see bad. I, I've shared this story, I think, on here. I saw this awful play at one of my old churches and after we left and I just like flipped out in the car, not like literally, but I just like started shaking the steering wheel because I was so mad and my fiance was with me or maybe we were married at the time. I think we were married and I was just like, give me a second. And I just was like, because I was so angry. Anger is a map. It directs you to ask the question, why am I angry? Something's being done poorly it's a poor representation of jesus you know if you guys are familiar with the band fit switchfoot they are christians um the front man john foreman he's actually a pastor's kid and um he said back when you know when they were forming they're still together now they actually just released a new album this year about like hope and love oh they didn't mention jesus i don't know i haven't listened to it so he said back is back in 2004 they asked him about being a quote-unquote Christian band. And he said, to be honest, this question grieves me because I feel that it represents a much bigger issue than simply a couple of Switchfoot tunes. In true Socratic form, let me ask you a few questions. Does Lewis or Tolkien mention Christ in any of their fictional series? Are box sonatas Christian? What is more Christ-like, feeding the poor, making furniture, cleaning bathrooms, or painting a sunset? There is a schism between the sacred and secular in all of our modern minds. I'm going to read that last line again. There is a schism between the sacred and the secular in all of our modern minds. The view that a pastor is more, quote, Christian than a volleyball coach is flawed and heretical. The stance a worship leader is more spiritual than a janitor is condescending and flawed. These different callings and purposes further demonstrates God's sovereignty. And some Christians write songs and some Christians are janitors and some Christians have podcasts. I remember when we, um, I was a part of this like kind of arts group and we used to put on shows and we invited this non-Christian band to play. And a couple of people were like, why are you inviting a non-Christian band there? And then it was explained to them. It's like, well, this is part of our ministry. Like 
we're bringing in bands to, you know, grow their audience and their talent, display their talent, you know, and just in that is, is a ministry that we're willing to welcome them, you know, like Jesus would. And they were like, oh, that, that that's really cool. That's a cool part of your ministry. So Switchfoot, Bach, a Christian. What about um, like Scott Derrickson, director of Doctor Strange? You can talk about spiritual stuff in that. And we get so uptight if the, if a if a song doesn't have enough Jesus in it, the word Jesus. Or you make worship music because it has to fit everyone. First of all, worship is not just music. You go to church. You're if you're a Christian, you're worshiping every second of the day. That that's like the ideal. It's not just when you sit in there sing sing songs, most of which in church stink. Try to fit the radio. Jeez, the the, the listening this morning. And I think part of it could be because it's online because we're all, you know, here because of COVID. And, um, they were all out of key. They weren't even singing in key. I'm going to share that with somebody. Hey, share this with your friend. No, it was a great, it was a really good message. Thank you, Pastor Ruben. The music was terrible today. So this idea, but two weeks ago, they let it, they were ripping. They were doing like some solos. You know, maybe it was their eight, quote unquote, A team. I don't know. But I mean, they were solid. It was really good because they let the musicians, they let them be themselves to a degree, it seemed. You know, the drummer could go, the guitarist could go, did some instrumental. I wonder how people felt about that. I know I liked it. I wonder if some people are like, you can't do that. I wouldn't be surprised if some Christians got, you know, worship has to be ABC. Has to be fit for everyone, which means it's fit for no one. Because you just dumb it down and make it bland. We need to chill out. We need to chill out. One of the things that, one of the reasons I think we get so uptight, maybe the way we look at other Christians, how could you dress that way? How could you watch this film? How could you Oh my gosh, how could you have a beer? What was Jesus' first miracle? He was at a wedding. I'd love to have a beer with Jesus. There's a song too, I meant to listen to it, I forgot. I think some country singer about having a beer with Jesus. Is that heretical for me to say? No. Did Jesus drink? I don't know. That's not even the point. Because if you're so against drinking because it puts you out of control or because you shouldn't partake of something like that, then you shouldn't eat all the snacks and candy that you eat. That's Sunday brunch after church. All that fatty foods. Yeah, body's a temple. All around. Don't pick and choose. I think one reason we're so uptight as um as we're operating out of shame, fear, or pressure. I think we're afraid of being called out or being judged. Christians could be very judgmental. We know that. But a lot of the world thinks we're haters. They think we either just hate everything, especially the LGBT community. And Jesus loves them just as much as anyone else. Um, or they think uh we're idiots because we, you know, follow God. And and that's on them. That part's on them. 
because we're not idiots for following God. We're, we're smart. We recognize there's something bigger than ourselves. That's other people's ignorance. So, you know, when you, when you just live your life as a Christian in whatever walk of life you have, if you're working, if you're parenting, if you're a student, you're proclaiming Christ. So maybe there is a disconnect where you're like, yeah, but when am I going to like really convey Jesus to somebody? Because I think they could see Christ in you and notice there's something different about you. And it might cause someone to ask you a question. But you wonder, what am I going to, I think, what am I going to actually like say? I want to approach this person. I think, I think I want to really share about Jesus with them. And the hope and love and grace that he brings and truth. And I think that's where prayers for boldness come in. And I think it's by being ourselves, by being authentic and laughing and not looking around every corner, whether we're doing, you know, checking off every box. We're not Pharisees. Isaiah 55 verses 10 to 11 says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The word that comes out of my mouth shall not return to me empty, whether that's a song you sing, whether it mentions Jesus' name or not or whatever it else it is that you're living. We got to be like Jesus. What was Jesus like? Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Paul saying, be like Christ. So what was Jesus like? His first miracle was at a wedding. What did he, he, he was real. He went to a wedding. He had a good time. He was hanging out with his friends. And it says in John that he is our friend. I don't know if you just heard that. My son's shouting. <laughs> He's calling for his mom. I love being a dad, by the way. I do. It's great. You can pray for me for wisdom. Just my wife and I being, um, it's so cool. Jesus was people's friends and he followed God and he followed him well. He'd go off to pray. Let me close with this. John 1, 14 to 18. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. Glory as the one only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Moving on to verse 16. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That's the important thing. We are full of grace and truth. Both. Enough grace to be empathetic, forgiveness, mercy to show understanding, have perspective, and truth. To not accept sin, to push people, and to try to live holy lives and portray that to people as well. To chill out and follow God well. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Authentic Christianity. Again, please find me on my Facebook group, Instagram, everywhere else. Spread the word. Look forward to hearing from you next time where I think I might be asking the question about where the sun goes when it hides behind the trees. See ya.